Welcome back to Displaced Underdogs. I am your host, Morgan. This is episode four, Cookie Crumbles Traditions. This episode title is so fitting in so many ways before I even ever realized it, by the way. I came up with this episode name a few days after recording episode two because adulting, getting stuff together, and like trying to have a direction with where this is going to go. So obviously, we are going to talk about traditions, particularly holiday traditions, keeping within the theme of the season, I guess. This year would be our second year in Indiana, but our third... Um, our third holiday season in Indiana because the first two holiday seasons were a blur for our family. Um, and this holiday season we're feeling more established and we started talking about some traditions and stuff. So yeah, so this is going to be about traditions and not like what we used to do back in Washington surrounded by a fuck ton of family and friends and like what we've started to realize now and if we're going into this you know guys I'm the research type and love researching and I've said that so many times before and so when looking stuff up for this particular episode I had a half-cocked idea because again I just came up with the name um after recording um episode two so it was a half-cocked idea that took on a life of its own and grew and became more fleshed out um up to this point so we'll hit on what are traditions and why they're important which ties into the past two previous episodes three and two what family and or holiday traditions our family had and now have and some ideas for new traditions or how to keep some old ones alive and well so, traditions, the patchwork of our families, culture, society, and us. Yay! A quilting reference. A quilting reference. I've got to add a reminder in for myself for a present. So, yeah, because I've got to finish a quilt. So, without further ado, sit back, plug in, and enjoy. All right, traditions. As I mentioned in the intro and several, several times before, I think every, every episode since, I enjoy research. This was originally a little snippet idea that has since evolved. So when thinking about traditions after talking about ways to be stressless, stress-free in episode two, it got me thinking about our family traditions. And then when episode three hit and I, oh, I'll, no, episode two as well. My bad, guys. Memory, mom brain. But in episode two, we also talked about like the history of Thanksgiving and everything. So it got me thinking about our family traditions. I had a moment where I went out to smoke with Aaron. Yes, we're, we're horrible people. We smoke the tobacco, which I've got a whole rant on why we don't vape because most vapors we know. I'm going to vape. And then you go outside to smoke a cigarette while your friend goes outside to smoke. And then they, then they always seem to ask, hey, you got a cigarette? So, but we smoke. Whatever. Who cares? It's legal. And we're all going to die. That, that is something that's 100% guarantee everybody's going to die. That's one thing that if nothing else, all humans and all animals and all plants, we all have this. Even the stars and, 
universes and galaxies. It goes way beyond everything has an end. Either way. So if you want to judge about me being a smoker, by all means, go ahead. I don't care. I'm still going to do it until I no longer want to. And that might be never or it might be soon. Who knows? I don't. So anyways, when Aaron and I just um, walked out to have a smoke together, I just out of the blue asked him about his family traditions and what he remembered most and what I remembered and how to marry the two for our kids and ourselves. Turns out we had a lot of the same traditions. So it made me realize that we never put much thought into all this time we, like, how we never put much thought into all of this and in all the time that we had been together up until this point. And I was feeling a bit displaced because, again, we moved to Indiana two years ago from Washington. And, like, when we first moved to Indiana, our first holiday here. We had just had our daughter. Our oldest had just turned four. We didn't know anyone outside of my dad. We didn't know the area and what all there was here and what it had to offer and what there was to do. It was a little chaotic, to put it simply. And it made for a feeling of stress and 100% not really knowing where we were fitting in. And it's a little sad and stressful since we as humans are very social creatures. And remembering those feelings now and having our feet under us and better bearings and adapting to a few big changes that have happened in our lives um, since then and around that time got me wondering why traditions are important. My stress was telling me it is important, but why? So, and that feeling of being displaced, that it obviously was there was something important about it and so the big question is why so I did what I think any reasonable person would do these days um I turned to google and youtube and I looked for shit and by published psychologists and experts if you will and people that just had thoughts to expand on that and blah 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 and just anything I could find really I already had a base knowledge that traditions connect us to our past and history, or at least that was kind of my take on it, because, you know, it's something that you celebrate, it's something that we've always celebrated, and it's something that we hope to see continued to be celebrated, so obviously it's a way, and it connected generations and stuff, because the family gets together, blah, blah, so... Well, according to a few studies and life experts, traditions are very important. Um, The research shows that traditions are important in building strong family relationships between the generations. And that I I can 100% agree with that because when we moved, the only person we knew here in Indiana was and is my father. And outside of that, there there's nothing and no one. I mean, even just as recently as last night, Aaron and I were talking about, like, moving from a stable support system that was definitely bigger than what we have here. So, <clears throat> all that said, um, these traditions and stories, beliefs, rituals, and customs passed from one generation to the next help teach our things that we value in our family, as a society, and all of it, all-encompassing, but narrowing it down to starts with the family, obviously. 
They help fill the individual's need to belong because we're social creatures and we all just want to belong. We all want to find our tribe. We all want to find where we belong. So routine and traditions are a part of a healthy family, a healthy society, and a healthy community by also providing continuity and stability and stability year after year, especially in an ever-changing world. It reconnects us and promotes healthy relationships between the generations when enjoyed and anticipated by everyone. And children remember the special experiences and stories and family history over the toys and gifts. Remember that. Because again, last episode, episode three, we talked about Thanksgiving and like everybody's out for the deals and everything. And it's just this overarching, it's, it's very true. And in episode two, we talked about stress less and give the gift of experience. Because it's true. Even Aaron, like without even being prompted, without me ever saying this, was like, I don't really remember the gifts, but I do remember the shit we did. I remember, like, cookies. I remember decorating. I remember going and doing things and enjoying that time. And it's true. And when I think back on it, the only reason why I remember any of the gifts that I got from when I was a kid was because the gift of experience. One year I got a bike. The only reason why I remember that I got a bike was because my dad was and still is a cyclist enthusiast. And so I don't remember what Christmas, I don't remember how old I was when I got my first bike. I just know that the experience that came after that was exciting. And there were other gifts that I got with the bike. And when I got the bike, I was like, oh, yay, bike. And then year after year after year after that, when I would outgrow it, blah, blah, it's just like, oh, yay, another bike. Woo. But I don't remember that. I remember the experience and I remember coming together. So like I said, in um, episode two, we touched on the wallet full of gift cards because it's more about the gift of experience. These traditions remind us that we are a part of something greater than ourselves, that collective familial experience shared through our traditions and sharing of stories and values help define our past and can shape who we are today and who we will likely become in the future. And same for our kids. It, it reminds us of where we came from and how we can and how and who we are today and, and more than likely what they will become in the future. So we all have that ornament, for example, that has been passed down and through the family. And with it, we all know the story behind that ornament. That family recipe for cookies or casserole, ham or turkey, that was grandma's secret recipe. And it's in these moments we learn about and embrace our culture and our family. <clears throat> and our family history. And we don't feel shame about it. And what makes us uniquely us. As families grow and the world around us grows and changes, these help to ground us essentially. It, it helps to bring us back and to remind us of who we are because with everything changing so rapidly, it's almost like we lose a sense of ourselves out in the world. And then it's these moments that bring us back 
to reflection. And family isn't necessarily blood either, guys. Like, we all fucking know this. Some people come from family. Some people don't even know their family because they've never been raised or around their family. Then, so family is sometimes who you choose. And again, it's just, it's finding your tribe and where you fit and belong. And so if you find a group of friends that's more family than your family, like, awesome. I know exactly how that feels. It, it happened to me when I lived in Spokane. It happened to me when I lived in Oregon for a little bit, in Portland. I mean, when I was miles away from anybody I knew and I was a broke college kid and I couldn't get home. I know Aaron was in the army and so he was definitely all over the place. So yeah, like, so anyways, some folks, this is what's sad too, because in this ever-changing world we're running into, some folks see traditions as useless anchors holding back the tide of progression. And sadly, we are seeing an erosion in our modern society, an erosion of family values and morals. And when we ignore the meaning of our traditions and the reason behind our holidays, which again, guys, roll with me on this one, please. Just just roll with me on this. I, I know the history behind Christmas. I know the history be- behind uh, Beltane and... Um, the Halloween and Belfast. Like I, there's a lot of pagan, you have to keep historical contacts. And again, I'm the research type. I will, I will fucking destroy holidays for anybody all damn day long going, ha 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 ha. You think that that it's all wholesome and groovy and great because 1950s, what a wonderful life told you this was. Oh, you bought the bullshit and drank the Kool-Aid, didn't you? No, I, I understand. But but there's a reason why we have the traditions and why we practice what we do. And so when, when we ignore the meaning of our traditions, we then become in danger of damaging the wonderful and, which, and the wonderfully rich tapestry of our identity. We do. And it's just, it's just a simple truth. Like, again, how where you came from and where we were has shaped who we are today and everything we do ripple effect man ripple effect you throw that stone in the water that little tiny pebble you throw that in the water and you think nothing's going to happen and and there's this whole ripple effect so i mean we're seeing many holidays becoming more and more commercialized and our traditions are then becoming trivialized. Soon there won't be a place or a need for a tradition. We've seen it happening. We, we are watching it happen slowly and it all starts slowly at first. And then it gets quite rapid. Look at Thanksgiving. Again, look at Thanksgiving. In episode two, I gave a brief history on Thanksgiving. And it became a holiday because it was a call to action to try and unite the American people in our greatest time of division. And again, I'm from America, guys, so if you're from other parts of the world, just bear with me on this one. But I mean, you know, certain things come along in society and cultures that get 
brought up to unite the peoples. Anyways, um, so we're just going based off of U.S. history right now and stuff. So, um, anyways, so it was, so Thanksgiving here in the States became a thing because it was a call to action to unite the American people in their greatest time of division, the Civil War. I mean, obviously, that was the war that killed the most Americans, like, ever, because it was brother first brother. I know some people will say, like, Vietnam and Iraqi freedom are now, like, rivaling that, but it it's just... It was a call to action, and it was, it became a holiday and turned into a tradition. And as society progressed, it then became a very commercialized holiday. So much so that today it is hardly celebrated because these deals and shopping have become more important. And they're just distractions. Like, they take away from family time. I mean, there used to be a time when no stores were open. When I was a kid, no stores were open on Thanksgiving. Barely any fucking store was open on Thanksgiving. And then as I got older, some stores were open early on Thanksgiving, but they always closed by no later than noon or one. And then they didn't open until 10 or 11 the next, that the following Friday, unless of course, you know, Black Friday deals. And then, and then we see that Black Friday, it started, um, the Black Friday shit started happening at, and these were of course local stores, bigger chains in the mall and, and everything that I was never involved with <clears throat> until I was an adult and whatever. Um, but a lot of stores, Black Friday deals didn't start until 6 o'clock in the morning on Friday after Thanksgiving. And then it was 3 o'clock. And then, like, 3 a.m. And then it's it's turned into um, 9 o'clock, Thanksgiving night, on your way home from Grandma's. Stop in for Black Friday deals. Be the early bird. To now it's starting at 6 fucking o'clock. Pretty soon, we're going to see Thanksgiving just go out the window. There is not going to be a fucking Thanksgiving at the rate it's going. Six, nine o'clock in the evening, fine. Then we push it back and we start it three hours earlier. Six fucking o'clock in the evening. Pretty soon, there won't be any. Thanksgiving will cease to exist. It will now be just another, hey, come in for the sales. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Holiday, holiday, holiday sales. Like, that's all it will be. And people will sit here and go, no, 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 you're wrong. Well, let me tell you, like, we're watching it. It's happening. It is, it is happening. So, we are told that we need to embrace other cultures as well and be more inclusive so much so that we are losing our own again now before you get all hot under your collar and feisty hear me out just just fucking hear me out on this one guys i come from a blended family and i love it i love the how we incorporate old traditions and blend it with new traditions and how we blend in the cultures that are added into our family the Romans, I mean, the whole reason why we have fucking Christmas in the first place, guys, look at the Romans. They incorporated pagan shit and turned it Christian. Dun, da, da. In order for a society to survive, you're going to have to 
learn how to grow and marry them with your own beliefs and traditions. How do you marry them? You take the good bits, you get rid of this bit. It's a lot of tweaking and a lot of trial and error. And that's fine. Because again, this is our time to reconnect with our past. This is the time to learn the history of our families and stuff. But here's the problem. A nation that doesn't teach its history finds itself in one of two positions. One, it is doomed to repeat the mistakes it has made in its history. Or two, they will eventually only be remembered in history as a once great society that is now a footnote. And in the Western world, we seem to be afraid to teach our own history and hell-bent on rewriting it for the sake of inclusion, for fear of being called bigots and racists and other horrible things. Like, we let our fear fucking run us. We let our insecurities fucking rule us. That's bullshit, man. It's fucking lame. That's dumb. You're gonna let you're gonna be scared. I mean, one of my favorite um, singers, I think Rachel Taylor. I know I say she's one of my favorite singers, but I can't even remember her. But she has this song, "Silence Looks Good on You," and it's about domestic violence. It's about an abusive relationship, and but one of the lyrics in it that's so powerful and so strong, and it just hits and resonates. Is you thought that I would live forever in in the fear and the shame, like, fuck no, like, it's, it's one, I mean, we're embarrassed of our past because it wasn't pleasant, what good has it done, what good values have come from it, we are, we're just embarrassed to teach about a culture that produced the English language, we're only embarrassed that it's a culture that produced our modern laws and democratic systems we have today that the rest of the fucking world emulates, guys. The rest of the world wants to be us. There was this Egyptian um, either actress or singer. She was in the news last week because she wore a dress that would be nothing, no big deal here in the U.S. But she was looking at five years in prison because of where she lived. Because it was like Egypt or the Middle East, somewhere over there. And she was looking at five fucking years in prison because they emulate us. And yet we're culture, our culture fucking sucks and we have to feel bad about it. I know this is kind of getting ranty, but guys, seriously, fucking shut up and just listen for once and stop jumping on these SJW soapboxes. And for an instant, let logic and just reason Kind of, I know, I know, that's pretty ranty and that's pretty horrible, but I mean, and it's going to get people and it's not the best way because I've got kids and when you start accusing them of shit, they just kind of shut down and don't listen. But I mean, guys, seriously, it's, the rest of the world emulates us. And so why are we going to hide in our fear and in our shame? Like there's, there are there are things to be shameful of. There really are. And if you guys want to be shamed about it, that's fine. Like in episode two, I mentioned how we are like children these days. We cannot hold two concepts at the same time and reconcile both. Everything 
everything has to be either positive or fucking negative. We can't understand that good can come from negative. You have to fuck up. You have to fail. You have to get in trouble. You have to break the rules. You have to have somebody do something absolutely awful and atrocious in order for the rest of everybody else to go, oh shit, we shouldn't do that. That was not good, guys. No, we shouldn't fucking do that. That's the only way we learn. Duh. Like, guys, seriously? It, no one likes negativity or conflict, so we tend to choose the path of least resistance to make it easier right now. Air quotes on right now. But we don't realize in the long run the issues that come, that that crop up and will happen later. Resentment and pent-up frustration and anger eventually become the outcome later in the future. So the short-term goal of avoiding conflict and nasty, awful feelings is that we don't have to deal with those right away. But they're still there. And eventually, and, and, and eventually we put it off, we put it off, we don't address it, we don't address it, we don't address it, we bottle it up, we bottle it up, we let it fester, and it turns into cancer, it turns into poison, it turns into debilitating ulcers. Like, it just, nothing good happens. So, for a moment of discomfort, learn about history. No one said you had to appreciate it or, like, jump on board. Yeah, history was so awesome what we did back in the 1800s and, you know, slavery was good. No one's saying that. No one's fucking saying that at all. No one. But we have to learn about it. Slavery was bad. We have to learn about it because do you want to go back to it? No, nobody does. But if we don't know about it, guess what? It's going to happen again because we don't know any better. Hey, don't touch the stove. You know what? We're just going to put a big, huge gate around the stove, and we're never, ever going to let our kids anywhere near anything hot. And then the moment that they're away from us, the one time they go over to uh, Grandpa and Grandma's and, uh, you know, Uncle John's over there. And Uncle John's just like, oh, yeah, no, it's okay. I got the kids. You're fine. And then they go over and they touch the fucking stove. Like, that's the only way they learn. Yeah. Bad shit has to happen sometimes, and it's sad, and it's unfortunate, but it has to happen. So, let, instead of, like, not teaching about it, because it's just not good. Like, who? No, learn about it, man. Like, that's half the reason why we don't understand our fucking holidays. I mean, okay. This, for instance, veterans. I live with a veteran. Aaron is a veteran. And we treat our veterans like shit. You think we would have learned after Anacostia in 19, what, 32? When President Hoover had Douglas MacArthur get troops to march on our veterans from World War I? The veterans from World War I, from World War I came to... D.C., Washington, D.C., and fucking demanded that they be paid their veterans' pay, their war bonus, that we said, fuck you. And their biggest thing, even then, was we thought we died for this country and for the world. We didn't want the Kaiser to be there. And we fucking, we, we marched on them. 
our army marched on their own brethren. And it was, a, and, and it was known as like one of the saddest days in America, one of the most disgraceful acts. And yet people don't like to talk about it. They don't like to teach it. They don't like to talk about it. And so not a lot of people know about it. We treated our veterans like shit then. We're going to continue to treat them like shit now because we don't know about it. Nobody wants to learn about it. Nobody likes talking about it. And so we keep repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again. And for what? What end? For everybody to have a shitty holiday because you can't talk about jack crap anymore. So... But the only time that you can is when you're around family and because they're family and you think that you have the same values and everything. No, 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 no. So, okay. It's okay. Wow. That, that turned into a total rent, a total rant. So what I'm saying is resentment and pent up frustration. Ha ha. Example, that whole little rant that I went on. When we lose our history, good, bad, indifferent, all of it, we lose our identity, we lose our identity and sense of belonging. Where do we fit in this world? So, and I'm not a bigot or racist. I Far, far fucking from it. And the fact that I even have to fucking say that is just dumb. It's, it is, it's stupid, because then, of course, the moment that you say that, everyone turns this date, it's so sad, these, these stupid memes that say, in 2018, because it's fucking true, it's so sad, because then the moment that you say, oh, you're, I'm not a bigot, I'm not a, you have everybody go, oh, yes, you are, if you have to say it, I'm not, guys, I'm really not, but I understand from all my travels and life changes that history is important, and tradition Traditions are how we celebrate and learn about it. And they are important as well. And that they can adapt to your current circumstances without losing their integrity and value. I mean, to be fair, again, gift giving was not a positive thing, but it has become a positive. In ancient Roman times, giving a gift was a forced practice if you were a critic of the emperor and the empire of the caesar of the time your one chance to save yourself and your family was to give a gift fit for an emperor and depending on your rank social social status wealth all of it from all of that the common man was totally fucked guys you were not allowed to have freedom of speech you were not allowed to have an opinion but I'm digressing, and this has turned into a very long tangent and or history lesson rant. So, just overall, the takeaway from this is, like, traditions and, and holidays, they're there for a reason. They're there to connect us. They are the one thing that is constant. Coming from a divorced family, having that one parent that was consistent. Whether they were consistently good or consistently bad, it was something that we all need. We all ducks and geese fly home to the same fucking pond every damn season, every damn year to fucking mate. Salmon go back to their same damn fucking stream, creek, 
lake river that they were born in whales do the same thing it, it's shown over and over and over again that it don't be an arrogant human and think that it this is just strictly to humans and no science has proven that I, no science has proven time and time again that animals do the same thing from fucking birds to the smartest animals besides humans elephants and whales some of the largest mammals on the damn planet have traditions have routine have a repetitive thing that stays consistent in an ever-changing world. Turtles. So from birds in the sky to fish in the sea to this lowliest fucking amphibian, traditions are not necessarily, they, they are routines, they are values, they are things, they are knowledge that we pass on down. And to be trivialized is trivial, I mean, to ignore that and go poo-poo on it, you are, you are doing yourself a disservice and you are poo-pooing on yourself. And again, when you're finding yourself in a change, in a time of flux and or change, there you can incorporate. And that's what's beautiful. Tapestries, if you use gray, just, just the same gray thread and the same gray material to make a tapestry or a quilt, it's going to be a gray quilt and it's not going to be very vibrant is it's going to be boring and and we are not gray we are every one of us it, again it explains who we were where we are and how far we have come and where we might go and to lose sight of that it's it's just very sad and from somebody again who moved and has to like has to remember certain traditions and and then how to incorporate them with my kids what I want to pass on what I don't want to pass on what I want them to remember like I mean dude bad moms a fucking movie was made on it the bad moms Christmas so we'll get into that here in a little bit this has gone on a little too long so and that's that's actually a great lead in to the next part of this I am going to go get myself some water, and we will be back. All right. Had a drink. Kind of calmed down a little bit, because I know that I got a little ranty and a little pent-uppy frustration anger out and all that. So, again, just to kind of briefly hit back on that first segment. Traditions... They're what bind us. They're what keep us together. And they are actually, in fact, found by a lot of different research to be something that helps um, unify and bridge the gap between generations. And they help um, build and strengthen families. So, um, and they're very important. And being a parent, it, it, it is part of a healthy family, and it is a meter for a healthy family. And so, anyways, as you all know, recently Aaron and I moved to Indiana. Like, two years may not be a super long time ago, but it is recent enough for us to know a few people 
in Indiana over not knowing anyone, but short enough time for us to still miss out on events. Um, we learn about after they happen, like the this past weekend I had to work and we missed out on the Krumpus um, parade, Krumpus festival in downtown where we live. And so, and we learn about after it happens, like we heard about it last year, but um, this year's been way more chaotic than last year. I don't know why. You would think, well, no, we, we now have like three kids. So last year was like, oh yeah, no, we just had a baby and he's teeny tiny and still on the boob. And this year it's very much a... Uh, Oh, great, now he's old enough, but not near old enough, and it's been cold and weird and weather, but, um, and we just kind of forgot about it, so, you know, stuff happens. <clears throat> it's still a time of transition for us, and we have traditions, we have a tradition or two that we had back in Washington, and a few we are passing to our kids, but again, we're not getting too caught up in it and stressing ourselves out, so... There's enough right now that we're not adding to the gauntlet of the holiday perfection on top of it. Which, by the way, um, Bad Mom's Christmas, totally great. And 100%, I mean, yes, they take it to a satirical level, but it, it's almost 100%. Like, yeah, no, that's that's how it is, man. Of course, we set up our Christmas tree with the kiddos. Uh, we did that last night. That's one tradition we each had as a children, and it's pretty common tradition, you know, decorate. Like, some people do it the day after Thanksgiving or the weekend after Thanksgiving. Some people do it the first of December and keep it up to the first of the year. But we, we did it last night because it was my last night off, and tonight I have to go in and work. So it was just, first day was just, whew, whew we're going to relax but on my Sunday, essentially, which is Tuesday, it was very much a, okay, let's, let's do this. So we set up our Christmas tree. And one tradition that Aaron and I talked about that we had as a kid um, was a special ornament each year. We let our kids pick out a special ornament, and then they get to put their special ornaments up on the tree like all their ornaments from like baby's first Christmas to now <clears throat> so for Marshall he has seven of them because he's a September baby and so his first Christmas yeah he was only what September October November he was only like three months old Aiden has three because he was four months old and Paige I believe has like three as well maybe four um anyways we we now let them go and we buy a special ornament and that's something that our parents did with us my dad would get my brother and myself an ornament and back in the day when we were younger my dad would sometimes take us to McDonald's, like when the rescuers down under came out. Uh, we went to McDonald's and they, around this time of the year, and they were giving out like cups and ornaments. So that was pretty fun. Um, <clears throat> and one thing that we are adding this year 
to our ornament Christmas tree decorating is uh, we are getting a personalized family ornament. We've not got it yet, but next paycheck. <laughs> I mean, we decided to do our Christmas shopping early, so, you know. And there were other bills and stuff that had to be taken care of this last paycheck. So next paycheck, we're we're getting a family ornament. So with our names and the year. So, yep, that's that's one that we're adding to the tradition. Um, another classic tradition was going over to, like, our parents' or our grandparents' house to help decorate their tree. Um, I know that when I was a kid, it was my crazy grandmother. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I love my grandparents. I do, but I do have a crazy grandmother, guys. Like, seriously, I mean, there was one year that she called me a whore in front of my son on Christmas. And, I mean, that was fun. That was great. Um, she, we, we, I love her to pieces. And it was just one of those where she had to vent about some past family stuff. I mean, the woman holds a grudge against one of her dead sisters and she's been dead for a while, like a long time. I think 50, 50 years at the very least, if not longer than that, 55 years. Cause my, my mom is about that old and I know that my Great Aunt Mary died a little before that. So, no, she's a crazy. She's she's crazy. I love her, and, and I love that crazy that I have. Because I learned a lot of family history that Christmas. <laughs> a lot of family history. And it's like, oh, my God, everything makes sense now. <laughs> oh, wow. <gasps> oh, Lord, all the therapy in the world can't help this. Woo-hoo. See traditions, <laughs> family history, <laughs> learning where we are, who we were, and where we came from. <laughs> so hopefully in the future I can avoid it. Yay! <laughs> but one of the traditions that I remember as a kid <clears throat> was um, after my parents divorced. She's my my crazy grandmother is my mom's mom, so she's my grandmother on my mother's side, and. My dad would um, help her out by getting a tree and stuff, even after they he divorced from my mom. So, like, and that was one of the things is that we would go over and help her out. She was a she's a woman that's a bachelorette. She's alone, and so you know, it's just one of those where we would go. We would help Grandma get a tree, and then we would go over to her house. We would help decorate it and we would you know kind of do like a little mini Christmas dinner um and we would always just like make cookies and Yorkshire pudding is something that we um had we're which a part of my family history I mean I'm an American mutt man I have no idea. I'm like Heinz 58 with mystery ingredients 6, 9, 342, and a few others thrown in there. So definitely why this country is called a melding pot for sure. So um, British is in our heritage somewhere in there. Um, English. So, you know, we have your, she, my grandmother in back in Washington, she would do, um, Yorkshire pudding every, every Christmas. And so 
going over to her house and making cookies and having Yorkshire pudding. She's the reason why I know how to make popovers and Yorkshire pudding because popovers is what Yorkshire pudding is, but without the beef drippings and some other stuff. But yeah, so, and now it's um, going over to my dad's house and I mean, and decorating his tree. So we're doing that next week with our kids. So, yeah. No, it's great. And, like, we did back in Washington, we would go over to Aaron's house and we would decorate, help his parents decorate their tree with the grandkids. So one of those things where we would still decorate the family Christmas tree as a family, even though we're older now and it may be put off a little bit, but yeah, <clears throat> another tradition that we both did as kids was of course, um, Christmas day, Christmas Eve, it would be like one gift on Christmas Eve that you got to open nine out of 10 times. That's when we as kids would get our special ornament and get to hang it up on the tree. Now what we do is we do a Christmas story and we buy a book and then, you know, that's the one gift that the kids get to open and then we get to read them the story and move on. I mean, a lot of people do elf on the shelf. I'm lazy. I'm sorry. There's just, there's too much going on already. And I'm not, I mean, it's for the kids, I understand, and it's for the magic of the kids. Um, one, my kids are creative, inventive enough, as is, and while they believe in magic and everything, and it's great, they're also a bit cynical and sarcastic, so my son is, is great. And then with him being in school, and kids these days aren't really kids anymore, my... His son, our, our oldest, has a bus girlfriend and a school girlfriend. And I'm like, what? No. No, you're two. They're friends that are girls. No, they're, they're my girlfriend. Okay, you don't know what that is. And it's, okay, you're cute, you're adorable, but stop. Just stop. So, I mean, maybe next year when our youngest is two and a little more understanding of things, then we'll do, maybe we might do Elf on the Shelf, but I like Krampus in the Closet, man. Yeah, no, you watch yourselves. You watch yourselves and you behave. Get you scared. The only time that my children are scared of the closet is December. Krampus is going to come out of that and he's going to like beat you with a stick and then eat you. It's fine. So keep acting like a little dick. It's okay. It's fine. Because that's going to happen. Then you won't have Christmas. Ha ha! <clears throat> hey, it works. Or the Grinch on the couch. So, I just, I don't do the elf on the shelf. The people that do the elf on the shelf, that is a fantastic holiday tradition. And one holiday tradition that I want to try to incorporate because I remember it with my crazy grandmother. My, no, the bitch is crazy grandmother. Um... Not like, oh, she's so sweet. She's, oh, crazy old granny. Oh, no, no, no. Bitch be crazy, grandmother. Love her. I, I love her to death. That woman is the main reason why my, I didn't do a lot of stupid stuff. Because I wasn't necessarily scared of my parents. I was more scared of her. She has a way of consuming your soul. 
There is an entire podcast episode on that woman alone that I can do. Like, it is, it's fantastic. So, yeah, no. Um, but she would do cookies and stuff. I mean, she was, she was a fantastic grandmother. She was not, she was and she wasn't. It wasn't, it was just normal dysfunctional family. And so we would, I have good memories. I have bad memories. So, and <clears throat> absolutely terrifying memories that still give me nightmares. Like when I was 11 years old and she said that if I ever dated a guy and got pregnant before I was married, that she would personally come and rip out my ovaries and hang them from her rear view mirror and give me a ride to school every day so I would understand the consequences of my actions. That type of crazy <laughs> and scarred for life. Like what are, What? She was also about six bottles of wine in when she said this. She no longer drinks, so that's good. Um, but she is an amazing artist. Fantastic. Hands down, bar none, she is where 98% of my creativity comes from. Like, she is, that is where I get it from, that woman right there. <clears throat> and she is fantastic. She can go to, to like the Goodwill. And I remember doing this a lot with her. And it's something that I want to do with my kids, like the crafting and stuff, especially since my daughter loves quilting. She loves watching me quilt. She wants to learn how to quilt. Yes, she's two, but that is something that she really likes. She loves to draw. Um, she's definitely showing signs of being a creative mind and a creative little person, which is fantastic and awesome and again have to give it to credit where credit is due totally my grandmother my grandmother instilled a lot of that in me my my crazy crazy grandmother she's also the reason etiquette she was a total etiquette nazi and in some ways i really really appreciate that about her like some people give me shit because i don't like burp or fart in front of people or i try very very hard not to um because I think that there is a level of class that we have lost. So she's part of the uh, old-fashioned etiquette that has been instilled in me. She's the reason why I hate cinnamon anything. Can't eat, can't chew cinnamon gum, can't do cinnamon in my pancakes. I can do cinnamon rolls as long as it's light on the cinnamon and heavy on the um, icing. So, because, you know, when you would say crap or fart... That is a slang cuss word. I'm going to have to rinse that dirty mouth out with soap. And she had cinnamon soap. So she she was in love with the Victorian era. Absolutely in love with it. And honestly, so am I. And I have to, I have to kind of give that to her. Like the dress and everything. And I don't know. I just enjoy it. I'm a weird. And she's also the reason why I love history. I'm absolutely positive of that. So... She was kind of the family chronicler. And see, see the things that happen when, like, you know, traditions and values and where we fit in the world. And because we spent a lot of time with her, we would, my dad would make sure one of our traditions was to trick-or-treat grandma's house. Um, my grandmother and my mom, they don't get along very well. So there would be times where they don't talk to each other. And their relationship has been hot, cold, hot, cold, uh, for the longest time. And 
my dad would make sure that um, we, the kids, because it wasn't about them, it was about grandkids. And my dad's also a Wisconsin farm boy, so of course, you know, family's important. <clears throat> so, like, he would make sure that we would go over and spend time, even if it was going over and carving pumpkins. Um, like I said, we would go get pumpkins, she would come with. Um, my dad, I, we used to live in Washington state, which is like Christmas tree land, the evergreen state. A lot of Christmas trees come from there a lot. And so we would always go to Yukut, um, Christmas tree farm. And we only went to like two ever in that I remember as a kid. And so we would go, um, and we would take her with, and she would pick out her tree. Then we would have the fun opportunity to cut it down. My dad would hold the tree while either my brother took the saw or I took the saw, all depending. And then when we, um, we would trade off the years, but then when my grandmother started getting incorporated into that and she wanted a tree as well, then my brother one year would cut down her tree and I would cut down our tree and then we would swap it. So either way, it actually worked out brilliantly, which I understand now part of the reason why my dad did it. No bickering kids. Sweet. This works because now we get to cut down two trees instead of one. And then we would always have fun counting the rings on the trees and it was really insane because for the longest time, a lot of our trees from the time I was about eight to... 13, a lot of our Christmas trees had the same number of rings as either myself or my brother. So it's like, oh my gosh, this is the same age as us. <gasps> we just killed something. It won't be there when we're older. But that whole group there will be. And this whole spot of the tree farm where they clear cut for lumber would, it has all been replanted. So that's, yeah. So, um, but cookies cookies and you know how the cookie crumbles I unfortunately we do not have a big enough space to have cookie bake-offs but I still try to do cookies every year I still do just now I'm incorporating Marshall into that mix and that is something that um I've talked to my father about and that's actually something that um Aaron remembers too like his mom doing cookies so and I remember our last Christmas in Washington I um I invited people over for a cookie bake-off this year I might actually have a friend or two come over and we might do some cookies and decorating and of course everybody remembers the gingerbread houses so much so that now they have kits that you can make a professional looking gingerbread house. So, um, but yeah, Christmas traditions, man. And again, this year we're going over to my dad's house <clears throat> next week and we're helping him decorate his tree. So that'll be fun. He's a bachelor. He finally has some grandkids in the area. So why not, man? And it's during those times where, again, you know, you, you learn family history. You learn family values. You, you learn wonderful, wonderful things. And you get to spend that time reconnecting. And it's awesome. 
and I just enjoy it. So, and since our kids are just young enough, like our oldest is six, our middle is two, and our youngest is one, the two-year-old gets to be more involved this year. She's going to be having a lot of fun with it, but she's also a teenager. So that's part of the tradition too, just in, in instilling the values of listening and respecting the rules and teaching the rules and having fun, making it a fun, positive experience. So there's a lot of things that there are a lot of small takeaways, so they're never useless. They're never dumb. But I also agree with not getting caught up in the chaotic, making it the perfect Christmas either. Like the elf on the shelf. I can't do that. Like I said before, I just can't do it. I'm lazy. I'm sorry. There, There's a lot. I'm a working mom. I just, there's enough going on that I just don't want to set an alarm on my phone and have one more thing that I have to do. And that's probably selfish on my end. But at the same time, if I'm not good for myself, then how can I be good for anybody else? And if I'm so stressed out and gacked out, then that's not good. Because this time of year, it is definitely a lot of returns that I run at working retail on overnights. There's, There's a lot that I have to do to clean up the front end of the store. And part of that is returns. And this time of year, it's a, it's a lot of toys. It is just a lot of toys. Ugh, I hate toys. I don't, I don't ever want to go to another toy department ever. I am, I am toyed out. And so if I have to set an alarm to move something that's a doll, toy, stuffed elf thing, I will lose my, I will lose it. I will lose my ever-living mind. I like the more relaxed Christmas. I like one of the other traditions that we're doing because we're now starting to learn the area is having some hot chocolate, filling up the thermoses with hot chocolate and getting dressed in our comfy Christmas PGMEs and just going around, particularly in my um, dad's neighborhood, and just looking at the Christmas lights. We live in an apartment, a three-bedroom apartment, and there's only so much that we can do for decorating it. And Aaron used to, one of his traditions is um, he used to help his dad go nuts, balls to the wall, Christmas decor, decor. And so they used to go look at lights and stuff, one, because they enjoyed it, but two, also, okay, how are we going to do this next year? Ooh, that's a good idea. We should do that next year. How are we going to up the ante with our decorations? So, and that was always fun. Like, I, I enjoyed it. It was great. And I will admit that, like, I love their his parents' Christmas decorations. Love it. I would love to be able to decorate our house like that. Not right now, though. Kids are too young. Sorry. They're just, they're just too young. They already ruin a lot of stuff and get into things that they're, they're all climbers. They're all little monkeys. They, they, they climb over everything. So it's great. It's fun. So I'm not going to try and kill myself for that perfect Christmas right now. Marshall will remember it more than, our oldest will remember it more than our two youngest, but, um, Maybe when our youngest, youngest 
our baby baby is like three or four. Then we'll go balls to the wall like that, maybe. So, yeah, family traditions. And again, like morphing, adding traditions, getting rid of some traditions. I just, I will agree with what they say in the, uh, in the movie Bad Mom's Christmas, for sure. It is the most wonderful and yet stressful time to be a mom because you just want to give your kids that perfect Christmas. You just want to make it special because it's around the only time of the year that even us as adults still have wonder, still have hope, and still it brings out our inner child, essentially. So, but there's no point in like stressing yourself out stressing yourself out about it so and I love incorporating new traditions I love holding on to some old ones so it all depends on your family and where you're at and um, family life and what you can add and what you can take away and right now stress-free baking cookies and decorating them um, and keeping it simple with a Christmas tree decoration and decorating grandpa's Christmas tree. And then just having a nice relaxed night of driving around looking at Christmas lights. That, that is, that is a chill Christmas tradition that I enjoy. Reading Christmas stories and watching Christmas movies too. Just sitting back and watching Christmas movies and that night too, especially the 12 nights of Christmas reading Christmas stories to the kids. That that's a good that's chill. That's relaxed. That's something I can do. Get behind. Without losing my damn mind. So Yep. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for episode on traditions. Um, next week, if I haven't completely pissed you off with the first half of this episode, um, for those of you that continue to listen, again, I still have four solid listens. Don't know if it's, um, admins that are verifying and okaying my episodes, or if it's actual listeners. Doesn't matter. I still have at least have four, which is better than none. But next week, for sure, what we will do, um... I will do a podcast on the Great Toy Roundup. That's right, because the 14th of this month is the start of the 12 days of Christmas. It's the 11 last days, and then, of course, Christmas Day being the 12th day. So, yeah. And so we're going to talk about the Great Toy Roundup and that last push for Christmas gifts and either mailing them or finding the perfect one. Um... Also, kind of what we do here, another tradition that we do, speaking of, is we kind of do a spring clean early where we donate Roundup and um, Roundup and donate old toys not played with anymore, misfit toys, broken toys, throwing away, outgrown things. So not only is it a toy Roundup for finding the last minute Christmas shop, but also rounding up the old toys and getting clearing out and making way for the new so yep that's 
that's what next week's episode is about. It's going to be a mom episode, less ranty, I promise you. Um, no history lessons, unless it's like personal family history, but you know, whatever. So on that note, um, follow us, um, give this podcast and follow us and listen to us, um, anywhere that you get your podcast, such as Anchor, obviously, that's where I record and post and then the rest is their magic from there. Um, you can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at Displaced Underdogs Podcast, and we have a Facebook page. We also have um, an Instagram, Displaced.Under.Dogs so displaced.under.dogs is our handle on Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter um, at under underscore pod. Uh, we also have a Patreon. It's displaced underdogs. And again, you can listen to us on Anchor. So uh, yeah, uh, with the Patreon, if I hit $50 a month, I will put that towards better equipment and more hopefully guests and experts and fun stuff um that's what I really want to put that money towards is you know like hey incentive to be a guest on my random crazy little podcast well, let's talk about shit because again niching down teehee niching down my episodes so you know um but you know if ever you uh with the Patreon, the first tier, I guess, is, like, for a dollar, I'll give you guys a shout-out in between the breaks. So, like, when the Frontier song plays, we'll do shout-outs and everything then. That'll be fun. So, for a dollar, I will shout-out. If you've uh, ever wanted a shout-out but never got it, bro, I got you. If you have had plenty of shout-outs and you got addicted to listening to your handle or name be shout-out over the radio um, across the airwaves and you just want to keep adding to that to boost your ego, bro, I got you too. Don't worry. I got you. I'll do that. I could do that for you. And then um, if you want, the, there's only two, two levels to this. So that's that's just being displaced. If you want to be... An underdog um so for a shout out for a dollar you get a shout out and you're displaced and then if you want to be an underdog which is the next tier for five dollars i believe if i remember correctly that it is um you get to pick a topic within reason and i will i will definitely talk about it and if you want to call in because I do use the Anchor app. If you ever guys, if you guys ever want to call in, then yeah, fuck it, do it. Let's do this. Um, yeah. So listen to us wherever you get your podcast needs. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go check out the Patreon. Again, I'm new to this. It's all very new and unpolished, and that's the fifty dollars. If I hit the fifty dollars a month, like. That's when I will for sure have a guest. Like, I will definitely set up. I will just lucky lottery draw out a name of one of our listeners. I'll reach out to you. We'll set up a time to record a podcast where you are our guest. 
speaker, our our guest, um, co-host, and we will talk about something that you want to talk about within reason, and it, the floor is yours. So, yeah, and hopefully better equipment, and I can actually get some, like, guests, not just some of my random friends and or Aaron. And, like, we can actually get some experts and stuff and make this more professional. So, again, I'm new, guys. I'm new to this. So, judge away. Be judgy McJudgekins. But I will tell you this. The one thing that a lot of people can't seem to get past, they have a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideas. And the one thing that holds them back is they can't even take that first step to get out the door. So, help me make this better help me help you for your entertainment and your fun and your enjoyment or to like piss you off and if you want to like go download our logo and put it on a wall and throw shoes at it by all means i go for it fucking listen to this just to get pissed off and riled up and have a pumpkin pie fight at christmas dinner tonight or this this month not tonight <laughs> so yeah you know I hope that I am entertaining, and I hope that what I do say does resonate, but at the same time, if it resonates in an angry way, I'm sorry. It's just my random little thoughts. And if it resonates in a positive way, fucking reach out. Tell me about it. If it's good, bad, the ugly, I don't care. Reach out. If you want to tell me, if you want to get nasty with it and even tell me like, oh, you're a horrible person, you should just disappear. Read between the lines on that one, guys, because people are just that mean. By all means, go for it. Sticks and stones, love. Sticks and stones. So, yeah. Anyways. yeah. Thank you for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. You guys have a wonderful night. Be safe out there. It's definitely getting colder, especially here in Indiana. It was snowing today. It didn't stay for very long, which makes me very sad because if it's going to be that cold, it better have some fucking snow on the ground. Show something for it, damn it. If you, Mother Nature is going to be that cold, I better see something for her efforts. I also love snow. I miss Canadian winters. I do. Where there's snow on the ground and it stays on the ground for long, long times. I like layering up. That's just me. I don't particularly care for warm weather the only thing that's good about warm weather is if you live close to a lake and you can go fucking swimming that's about it because there's only so much you can take off before it is considered indecent exposure (sighs) shenanigans malarkey so be safe out there you guys have fun don't go too insane moms please don't and dads don't don't go too insane to do the elf on the shelf nonsense have fun with it though please send me your like raunchy dirty elf on the shelf pooping out peppermint balls in the toilet pictures would love to see those those are always great entertaining and fantastic um and just have fun and dads don't go too crazy with lights okay I know, they're a tangly ball and a wreck, and it's just a nightmare. I do highly recommend Twisted Christmas Carols. Oh, the 12 Pains of Christmas. It's fantastic. 
that was okay. That was that was an awesome. That is an awesome tradition that we still do as we listen. We listen to "I Am Santa Claus." Oh, oh, oh! Twisted Christmas carols because I'm from Washington State and a rock station back there, The Rock, um, in the '90s. Bob, Spike, and Joe. They're fucking fantastic, and they came out with a shit ton of Twisted Christmas Carols. Guys, check them out. Just saying. You can look that shit up online on YouTube, and they have it. So, by all means, add that to your tradition bank and enjoy it. So, all right, you guys have a good night, and be safe out there. Enjoy your week. Bye.